these Saturday nights. We are mm. delighted guests of the Bumblebees in <laughs> Dortmund. <laughs> Hello and welcome to RBLE Global Tracks, which is Leipzig's very first RB Leipzig podcast in English, brought to you by Richard and Mario. Amongst us, we are season ticket holders, passionate supporters and not-so-neutral local pundits, and both of us have been following Leipzig football since our childhood days. So if you want to hear about RB Leipzig, capture the mood of the fans in the city, and if you want to go beyond numbers and statistics, you are in the right place. We're delighted to welcome you on board. So let's go. Auf geht's, Leipziger Junge, Richard. Richard, how the devil are you tonight? Hey, Mario. Thank you for the invitation tonight. Um, I'm fine, but I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. You know, there's this uh, this, this uh, tiny... Um, holidays at the end of the year it's called christmas oh and, is that uh, happening again bloody mm, hell yeah mm, suddenly. what a surprise <laughs> <laughs> uh, to me at least and um it feels like as if i should start to make um make some ideas by myself what would be good gifts to the ones i love mm. um so but besides of that i'm cool so what are you gonna get me Oh, you don't love me. Oh, there you go. That's fine. Not a problem. But, you know, today's actually, uh, we call it Nikolaus, St. Nicholas. You know, where the Germans um, clear their boots or clean their boots and put them outside. And St. Nicholas comes along and puts in little gifts for the kids. Um, that happened last night. So this morning, our kids were really happy. Um, so this is what we're celebrating here in Germany on uh, this day. So kids are happy. But, yeah. Once you pass that day, you know Christmas is approaching fast. So, mm, good luck. Be creative. Richard, are we going to talk about football today? I think we are. So, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about our key takeaways from our encounter against Heidenheim. And we're looking forward to the match of these Saturday nights. We are mm. delighted guests of the Bumblebees in <laughs> Dortmund. <laughs> Because And they really look like it. Um, so yes, we're going to be traveling to Dortmund. But yeah, let's first have a quick look back at our game versus SDFC um, Heidenheim. And uh, it was really, really cold on that Saturday. Um, Saturday afternoon, Leipzig was covered in a white blanket. We had sub-zero degrees, uh, frosty and icy in places as well. And it did cast my mind back to March 2018 when uh, we played Bayern Munich or RB Leipzig played Bayern Munich. Coach then was Mr. Hasenhütter. And that was the first time RB Leipzig managed to beat the mighty Bayern Munich people. 2-1 uh, was the score. Werner and uh, Keita scored for uh, RB Leipzig. But <laughs> the first one who scored was Sandro Wagner. Do you remember that? And the little show he did there in front of the away supporters. But they didn't come from Munich. I guess they all came from East Germany. <laughs> yeah, Sandro Wagner, co-manager of the German football team today. So well done to him. And we just hope he's doing going to do a great job that we don't suffer too much in the summer. But yeah. The uh, encounter was taking place in a stadium, which was kind of cold as well. Um, 
There were supposedly 44,000 tickets sold, but to be honest, if there were 33,000 people inside the stadium, that would have been a lot. I think a lot of people decided to stay at home. Still, the atmosphere was good, especially bearing in mind that Gold Penda had a couple of chances and did actually score in the 29th minute. And um, so we were relieved to see that, really happy, and and celebrating that. It was, it was a lively game, and I thought RB Leipzig was pretty much in control most of the time of the match. But what delighted us even more was Yusuf Paulsen. <laughs> did score uh, as well. He scored his second uh, goal of the season, kind of sneaked that ball in after a great assist from Raum. And you know what that means, Richard? That means Mr. Paulsen has scored against the team of Hoffenheim in all three leagues, in the third division, so to speak, in the second division, and now in the top flight, top level Bundesliga. So I thought that was really a great fun fact. But great effort on Yusuf Pausen. The score that our, the goal that RB Leipzig conceded just before halftime was really unnecessary, but it happened. And uh, well, we held on to a 2-1 win. Uh, created a lot of chances, I think. Could have won even higher. But let me tell you, I almost had a heart attack just before the end of the game because towards the goal uh, um, behind which we are sitting, there was this last chance of Heidenheim. And that ball sailed over the bar very, very tightly. Janis only moved his arm at the very last second, but it would have been too short anyway. So in that sense, we were, we were lucky, lucky uh, not to concede that goal and uh, just uh, end up with a draw. But I was so happy when the game was over because... It was really, really cold. So, Richard, what is your key takeaway from that match? Um, yeah, you said it. Basically, Heidenheim was lucky that uh, at that point when they nearly scored the equalizer uh, in injury time, they should have been down by three or four more goals. So we had extremely a lot of chances. And to me, this is... A little step, one more little step into the right direction in, in terms of uh, development into a top team. So, what do you mean by that? I mean, we we didn't we did not really uh, score a lot of goals. It was very very tight in the end. It didn't look to me as if a top top team played one of the new kids on the block. Yeah, yeah of course. But let's let's take a look at what Bayern Munich did uh, when they played Cologne uh, mm -hmm. away back uh, a few days so they created I don't know, a ton of chances so they should have scored at least three or four goals and they ended up in one nil win and this is what top sides are have to have to do they have to win games all right it's not always necessary uh, scoring goals um like yeah like um i don't know 
like a Ford Fleecebund. <laughs> Conveyor belt. <laughs> but I like the Ford Fleecebund. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, you have to win. You have to win. Win the games, and and uh, that means you have to score one more than your opponent. Okay, this is enough, and this is fine. Catching, catching, yeah. But but look at our games in in the, in the recent weeks. Uh, we were superior versus Mines and didn't create any chances. Okay, that was true, by, by, by true. far our worst game, mm. and especially in offensive effort. So, but uh, a few days later, we played uh, against Wolfsburg in the in the league. We were the superior team again, created chances, but didn't score enough often. We didn't convert enough often, um, and so we lost two one. So, but mm-hmm. this time. We were a superior team. We created chances, and we didn't convert on all of them. But at least we converted once more uh, than necessary to win the game. So true, true. And and to me, I see a pattern here. So because stats don't lie, um, our best games in terms of expected goals uh, came in the past few weeks. So if you take a look at that. We, there was a week nine game against Cologne with 4.2 X goals. Week 13 versus Heidenheim. So that game we're talking about with mm-hmm. 4.0 uh, X goals. So oh, really? I didn't yeah. realize that. Okay. Um, I mentioned our game against Wolfsburg already in which we had 2.7. Then, okay, there was this um, week seven match versus Bochum. It's a little outlier because we had two penalties. Um but uh, the other games were against Darmstadt and Freiburg. In both of them, we had 1.9x goals. And if you look down further um, in this column, you will find our games... Okay, Mainz, I mentioned that it was by far the worst game. But the other seven to last games in terms of uh, scoring not much x goals came in week 1, 3, 4, 5 and 6. So... I can clearly see a development here, which will with what will lead us finally, hopefully, um, to a top side in the league. So, Richard, this is your key takeaway. Makes us really hopeful for the uh, remainder of, of this year and hopefully the rest of the season, which is still long. Just um, I like just to shout out to two Italian gentlemen who I met in the uh, stadium um, that was during the match. That was during halftime. Um, it's uh, Vincenzo and Davis. I hope I got those names right. Both of them live in, in, in Leipzig. And to be honest, during the conversation, I found out that they studied German philosophy. So afterwards, I realized I could have spoken to them in German. It was probably a bit better than mine. <laughs> so, but I did convert in English. In English. So um, the interesting part was is that Vincenzo was wearing a hat of for Ars Roma. And he told me um, that he is hoping that Lazio Rome will meet us in the knockout stages. So that's going to be interesting. But I think I like to think that he would still support RB Leipzig, you know. And AS Roma is the place where I think Rudi Füller played uh, quite a few years. Um, so it's the right club, isn't it, to support? So thanks, thanks to the two of you. It was nice meeting you and chatting to you. Um, I know it was it was very cold. And uh, if you do listen to us, thank you for listening and welcome on board. So, Richard, something else is coming up. And that's that top match on Saturday versus Borussia Dortmund. Introducing our next opponent, their Baker Jack. 
Um, always an interesting encounter for us. Always a top-level game, especially also bearing in mind that Marco Rosa was a coach for Dortmund at Dortmund for a year, and he was very successful. He took him to the second spot in the league, um, and then he had to go. So that was really interesting as well. So what do you think is going to happen this weekend when we travel to Dortmund? It's a very important game. Huh? They're sitting just behind us. One point. Is it one point? I think it is. In yeah. The fifth spot. Mm. One point behind. Yeah, you said it. You nailed it. Um, a win here and we uh, um, yeah, go away up to four points margin uh, over Dortmund. That would be nice. And um, to be honest, I'm quite optimistic here. Okay. And because if we show up what we showed in the in the last several games in terms of creating chances and, and, and converting them and combine this with our efficiency we showed in the early days of, of the, this season, we have a really, really good chance to come up with three points in that match. And actually you're more optimistic than I am, so I'm just gonna shut up and listen to you. Okay. <laughs> um listen carefully. We had it already. We only say it once, I know. Uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah, Dortmund um, played already versus the three of the top four teams in the Bundesliga and they didn't look good in all of those encounters. Mm -hmm. So you, they lost nil four at home against Bayern. Um, yeah. A few days later, they lost 1-2 in Stuttgart, at Stuttgart. And most recently, last weekend, they, they, they uh, draw one or draw uh, at Leverkusen and it didn't look good there either. So they, they were really, really lucky that they didn't lose that game, although Terzic uh, afterwards complained about the not given penalty that they had. I know. I know. But, but to, to be honest, um, Leverkusen should have awarded a penalty uh, before that. So they, to, to me, it was a clear uh, foul against, uh, I think it was Grimaldo, in the penalty box and, and neither the ref saw it uh, nor the, the VAR uh, came up with a check. I could not understand Because that. they sit in Cologne, come on, you know. Mm, okay, maybe that's the reason. <laughs> so, they didn't look good in that. So, okay, in those three games, so like one draw, two losses, two goals and seven goals conceded, okay? And um, I think we are at least as good as Stuttgart and, and, and um, if we reach our ceiling... Um, we don't have to hide um, Leverkusen's or Bayern level. Okay, so in general, they are struggling defensively. And to me, this is because, in my opinion, they don't got enough defensive-minded midfielders. So, mm -hmm. um, where we have Schlager and Haidara and, and Seibald, and we had Leimer, All, all of those names, I think, are great mid midfielders and they do their jobs offensively, but they're also good and maybe even better uh, in terms of defending in midfield. And Dortmund only got Emre Can, Felix Mecha and uh, Özcan. So all, only those three people. And uh, what Terzic often does, Dortmund's Oberbeleuchter, um, he often um, puts Sabitzer in Uh, in defensive midfield, and 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 to be honest, in my opinion, Sabitz is a great player. I'm I'm, I'm still um, a little bit sad that he left us um, to to Manchester a few years ago. I think we we could have needed him more. But as far as I remember, uh, he is way more better than um, offensively than he acts defensively, and that leads, mm -hmm. in my um, opinion, to more open spaces around the middle in the field 
shortly before the penalty box. So if we come up with our, mm. speed, our quick game, with our speedsters towards the middle, down the field, and um, we won't face a lot of... Um, resistance, yeah, maybe? Yeah, thank you. A lot of resistance there. Mm. And so we can um, take um, prolific passes into the penalty area, into the penalty box, and we'll create chances. No doubt about that. Um, and this is our game. Right, so we have we have Baumgartner, we have Shabi, we have those dribblers, we have those um, uh, passes with uh, with great abilities, passing short and middle distances, ten to fifteen yards um, and, and down the field. So this is our game, and, and that's why I'm quite optimistic here. Because when you mentioned um, creating spaces through the middle, the first player that came to mind with his signature move is Shabi. You're right. This this could be this could be really 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 powerful. Just one word about uh, Sabitzer. He left us for Bayern Munich first before I think he was loaned out to to Manchester United. And in, in certain ways, I do miss him as well. Um, and there in some other ways, um, I guess we moved on. No? And, but it does look strange seeing him in that, in that shirt, in that BVB uh, shirt. So if that makes you really optimistic that's great on the other hand they seem to have uh, really strong offensive power great attack do you think our defense will be strong enough to hold them back well, we, we will see um, they showed us that this season so Dortmund showed us this season that they're capable of, of scoring a lot of goals and they scored 26 goals already and they did not have a single penalty kick okay so okay. Yeah, that's that's quite impressive. So if you if you bear in mind that we had five mm. and scored thirty one, so we're equal in that. Um, but we conceded defense, a lot less, a lot less goals, didn't we? Yeah, we, we conceded a lot less. But um, yeah, you, you said that they got a lot of uh, creative power. So they got Julian Brandt. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of him. Uh, mm. I, I always think that he never reached his his ceiling. Um, but it's still a great player. Marco Reus, of course, the experienced offensive motor, mm. uh, great on free kicks. So Ryerson, or Ryerson, I don't know how to pronounce that correctly, and the left uh, defender who is um, always uh, nearly half of the time when he's on the pitch, you will find him in the, the opponent's area. And Bino Gittens, not to forget, an incredible young player with enormous speed. That's going to be a great challenge uh, for our defenders um, to keep this pace. And yeah, they got a really, really dangerous attack. And not to forget Füllkrug here. Um, I know. I was, I was yeah. very doubtful uh, when I heard, okay, it's okay, Dortmund goes for Füllkrug. Okay, you want to go for the championship, you want to game, go maybe for the cup and uh, try to reach semifinals in the Champions League and you need a striker and then you go for Phil Krug. What? Um, I didn't understand that move, but I think he fits pretty well in that offense. So um, in, in both scoring, so converting by himself and um, um, yeah, creating shot or goal-creating actions. Mm, okay, yes, I, I must admit I'm surprised as well and as, as skeptic uh, as you were. Okay, so it should be a very interesting match also because um, we have two great goalies. Uh, Kobel is an extremely, is, is a very good goalkeeper and also Yanis, uh, even though he at times looked a bit shaky versus Heidenheim as well. But but all in all, he is there. He's our big, big rock um, between the sticks. So what do you think Marco Rose, who do you think Marco Rose is going to put into the starting eleven? 
Fußballfans. Wir kommen jetzt zu unserer heutigen Mannschaftsausstellung. Coach Rose, Will Sandout, Blaswig, Henrichs, Klostermann, Lukeba, Raum, Schlager, Haidara, Xavi, Baumgartner. I think Baumgartner is way ahead of uh, Forsberg now. And of course, Paulsen, who's And, and Paulson have to be a captain, okay? So he, if if he got this, um, if he's got this this captain's um, um, duties, he scores. Okay. He was captain against Wolfsburg, scored, and he was captain against Heidenheim, and scored. So okay, this is okay. This, let's let's make sure he's going to be captain. This okay, is not good. this is not this is not accidental. And, <laughs> and don't jinx it. <laughs> and there's still one missing, of course, Mr. Goalpender. Well, goalpender, we can rely on him, can't we? I mean, 10, 10 goals in mm. uh, in the Bundesliga already, 14 across all competitions. The name <laughs> is already um, justified, Mr. Goalpender and uh, or Monsieur. And uh, oh, we can just keep it up. Yeah, that's the correct narrative. Uh, you you said it. We're not we're not depending on him. We can rely on him. Okay. <laughs> I got one more question for you. I'm not sure if you can answer that, but. Uh, After some of these performances that Borussia Dortmund and the way they played, a lot of people claim, especially on social media, that they are the new Union Berlin. Um, and uh, it was quite destructive style of, of, of football, not very attractive. Do you share their view? Are they the new Union Berlin? Not in, t in my opinion, not in terms of playing style, but in terms of... Um, you know, in Germany we call it Spielglück. What's in English? Match, match, match luck, lucky, lucky bounces. I don't know. So they, if you watch those games, you often feel like, oh, they're a little bit more lucky than they should be, and that is what Union was. So the last two, two, three years, and now it seems that Union, yeah, got rid of all that luck or <laughs> and um, passed it on to Dortmund. Yeah, or the, yeah, <laughs> this. <laughs> okay. So in terms of score, what do you predict? It sounded quite even to me, actually, but what are you going to go with? Hey, always. You know, it's a funny old game. So that's why people go into the stadium, because they don't know who, who's going to win. Oh, um, my God. I know. Ka -ching, ka -ching, ka -ching. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I, but I do know. And uh, Leipzig's going to win this game 2-0. 2-0. Wow. I'm going to go for a 2 all draw. Uh, so let's see what happens. It should be a, a really good game. And uh, it's going to take place Saturday night, 6.30 Central European time. And the Bundesliga sales manager should have an easy job selling that game in comparison to last night's Dave Bepokal, Wolfsburg versus who was that? Gladbach. No. And why did we lose to them? I don't know. Anyways, Richard, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. We're going to be recording early next week ahead of our little encounter with young boys band thanks a lot for listening thanks a lot for tuning in thanks a lot for subscribing leave us any notes if you wish uh, on uh, twitter you can find us at podcast underscore rbl or send us an email talk to us at rbleglobaltracks.com and uh, we wish you a wonderful rest of the week keep your fingers crossed for saturday night's game and auf geht's leipziger jungs <laughs>